Today's episode is brought to you by King Realty and Management Incorporated, a full-service residential real estate brokerage with a multi-generational approach. Are you looking to invest in real estate here in Texas? Or better yet, are you looking to sell your home? Be sure to contact King Realty and Management. Visit kingrealtytx.com slash podcast. Millennial versus Machine, how I got someone else to pay off my student loan debt and how you can do the same thing. Let's jump right into today's conversation. Hey guys, it's Courtney here again with Millennial versus Machine. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode. This week, we are talking about what kind of property you should buy. So, My thought process on this is we talked about identifying where you are right now in terms of your debt, your credit, all of that. Then we talked about where you want to go. Then we talked about um, where to invest. And now let's talk about the what. And so you'll see in my book, Millennial Versus Machine, which you can get at CourtneyMKing.com, um, that the very first property that I purchased uh, back in 2011 was a single family home. And especially in the age that we're in right now, um, there's like websites like Bigger Pockets. Um, a lot of people are talking about house hacking. We'll talk a little bit about what that means here in a sec. Um, but I want to talk about the different options and then why I in particular focus on the single family route. Okay. So let's begin the talk with what options you have out there. Okay. Let's talk about the first option, which is purchasing an investment property, which is a single family home. So a single family home is just one unit generally. Um, Like my first investment was a three bedroom, two bath house. Uh, Excuse me. I'm sorry. Four bedroom, two bath house. Excuse me. And um, sometimes they have a garage, but usually it's an individual residence that's not attached to anything. Um, So that's one option. Another option would be to do um, either a duplex, which is basically one structure, but there's two units within the structure. So half of it is a unit, let's say that half of it's two bedroom, two bath, and then the other half of it is two bedroom, two bath. That's a duplex. So there's two units, one structure, but two units. Um, that's also an option. We'll get into the nuts and bolts here in a sec. Um, actually duplexes are quite common here in Texas. So, um, that's another good opportunity, especially if you live in the area that you're investing in. Um, so you could potentially, 
get an FHA loan, which is a government-backed loan. And when you get that type of loan, you do have to sign paperwork saying that you are going to move in and occupy the property. So in that case, you could use an FHA loan, which allows you to purchase a property with as little as 3.5% down, and you can live in half of it. And then basically your tenant can pay the whole mortgage. So, um, oftentimes, especially depending on the numbers, you can buy this duplex, your tenants paying the mortgage, and then you're actually having cash flow. So let's say they pay the mortgage and you have, you know, a couple hundred dollars left over after that, that could pay the utilities and you're basically living rent free per se. Um, the benefit of that is it just eliminates your rent expense or your living expense for your housing, and you could use that money to throw at your student loans. So it still gets you to the goal, right? Plus, you still get a lot of tax benefits because you still do have the one side, the half of the duplex that is a rental property. So I love the idea of a duplex as well. The other opportunity that you have is maybe a triplex. So that's where it's one structure, but there's three units. Or maybe a fourplex, also called a quadplex. So there's four units, one structure. Um, these generally are going to be what I would recommend that somebody start off with first. Um, seasoned investors may consider... Uh, more multifamily properties, which is anywhere from five units and up. So it could be kind of a small apartment complex. Um, it could be uh, multiple condos in the same complex, although that's a, another story, which, you know, I'll talk about that here because we're talking about the what type of property you should invest in. But I will tell you this, me in particular, my strategy usually involves single family homes. Now, before I tell you the why, a individual condo and an individual townhome can still qualify as a quote unquote single family home. Now, from a loan perspective, it's not called a single family home, but it is a single unit. Okay. So those also, it's one unit that you can rent out. So let's talk a little bit about this. The, the single family home that I bought, which is like the basis of my book and which has been my strategy since I bought that property is um, it allows me to maintain a high degree of liquidity. What does that mean in layman's terms? If for whatever reason I ever needed to unload a property, it is far easier to sell the property um, that is one unit, that is a single family home, um, than it is for multiple units. Because the pool of buyers looking at a single family home is bigger because just a lot of people are looking for single family homes. There's some people that don't even want to deal with real estate investing and that's okay. But if I go to resell that property, not only am I able to target potential investors that are interested in that property, but I'm also able to target the individual buyer that intends to occupy the property. So the pool of eligible people 
that would want to buy the house if I ever had to sell it for whatever reason is a lot bigger and therefore I can sell it quicker. And so that's what I, what I mean when I talk about liquidity. Now, the, also another very positive thing about single family homes is um, they either have an HOA or they don't, okay? My very first property and actually every property that I have owned as an investment has never had a homeowners association. Um, the beauty of that is you save money. So a lot of properties, if we're talking about properties anywhere from, you know, 150,000 purchase price or sale price to even up to 300,000, if there is an HOA, a homeowners association, you're looking at, depending on the area and the amenities, you're looking at, gosh, on a single family home, maybe 400 bucks a year, right? So pretty minimal. But then when you jump to townhomes and condos, that monthly expense in homeowners association dues jumps up significantly. So on a townhome, let's say my last primary residence um, was a townhome and I was paying about 200 bucks a month in homeowners association dues. Now, when you go to rent out a property that is in an HOA, especially here in Texas, nine times, I'd say 95% of the time, the landlord is responsible for the homeowners association dues. So when it comes to some future episodes, we talk about analyzing a possible investment property. There's a spreadsheet that I share with you guys. Um, and we're getting there cause I'm building up to that, but that spreadsheet allows you to factor in that expense. That is an expense that you're going to have to account for, which nine times out of 10 is going to reduce your return on investment. So um, if you get lucky, you can find a house that doesn't or isn't in a homeowners association. And like I said, every single investment property that I have had over the years has never had a homeowners association. So praise God for that. <laughs> uh, with my most recent property, which I purchased back in August of 2019, that didn't have a homeowners association either. So um, those are the primary reasons why, especially for you that are just getting started, I think it would be wise to start off with a single family home if you can, or at a, a minimum, um, a town home or a condo, as long as the HOA dues don't absolutely kill your, uh, return on investment. Um, the, the next thing that we'll talk about, I'm just kind of gathering my thoughts here is let's talk about duplexes <clears throat> because in the world of real estate investing, um, house hacking is a thing. So if you don't know what house hacking is, basically that's where you purchase a full duplex, meaning one structure, two units, and you rent out half. And so they call it house hacking because that tenant that rents half of the duplex is basically paying for all your living expenses, your housing expenses in particular, okay? So the beauty of that is you still have a moderate degree of liquidity there. Um, and so, and, and, and so I, I would even say if you're starting out and you want to entertain duplexes, that is totally fine as well. Now, the challenge in um, 
The Dallas market in particular, not so much the Houston market, I guess for the same reasons, but in the Dallas market, duplexes, the price of duplexes as of this recording, which is February 2020, the price of duplexes, especially in decent areas, is a little bit high. Um, I've got a, one of my agents has a client who's entertaining selling a full duplex in Grand Prairie. It's fully occupied. I think the gross rents are around 3000 a month. They're asking $320,000 for the full duplex. Now, both sides are occupied. When it came to crunching those numbers between taxes and insurance and what the current rate is, and then you account for vacancy and maintenance and all of these things. We'll talk about that in another episode, I promise, guys. I'm laying context and foundation here. But between all of that, the return on investment for that particular property was quite low. So that's, you know, especially if it's a decent duplex in the Dallas market, it's going to run you quite a bit of money. I mean, if you're considering like, let's say the Richardson area, we're getting a little bit particular here, guys, but if you're considering like the Richardson area, the Plano area, which there are great duplexes over there in in those areas, um, you're going to spend probably close to half a million dollars. So that's where we really got to crunch the numbers. Now you can still do that with an FHA loan. I believe you can spend for a, a two units you can spend, um, it's in the 400,000s. Don't quote me on that. I posted about it a while ago, um, the 2020 rates. But you're, you're going to be in the 400 plus thousands on a full duplex in the Dallas market. Houston market in particular, um, great market for duplexes as well. However, because Houston is so big and if you are considering house hacking, um, you depending on where you would feel comfortable living, Houston may or may not be a good option for you um, to actually house hack, to live in half of it and rent the other half out. Kind of just depends on your um, specific situation, where you work, where you would be okay with living. I'll give you a prime example. I have a client right now. We are under contract. She's an investor. Um, She's been a long-term client of mine. We are under contract on a full duplex that's fully occupied in Houston. And... um, if I had to rank the area, that's what real estate investors usually do, I would say it's probably a C neighborhood. So if she were actually living here in Texas, she lives in Southern California, but if she was living in Texas, um, I can almost guarantee you that she would not feel comfortable with living or moving into half that duplex, okay? Just because of the area. Now the cash flow is great. Each side is renting for between 1150 and 1200. And we're under contract at 200000 So the numbers work. Um, so duplexes kind of making it, bringing it back full circle. Duplexes are, are also a really good option. But just know that um, people looking for a duplex, the, the pool of eligible buyers might be slightly smaller. Not enough for me to be concerned, but I got to make you aware of it. I mean, this is what I do. <laughs> The other thing is, if you are considering a duplex, maybe keep in the back of your mind if you have the ability to subdivide it. What I mean here is there are some full duplexes that you can purchase that are actually have two separate legal descriptions with the county. 
um, which means if you wanted to sell half and keep the other half, you could do that. So the only reason why I bring that up is, again, if we're looking at long and short term, we're looking at how liquid do you want to be? Sorry, I just hit the mic. Um, then that may be kind of just a little trick in your back pocket. Um, pretty easy to subdivide a property, especially in that case. Uh, just requires probably a couple thousand bucks and some paperwork. So um, that's beyond my scope, but I got people for you if you need to do it. Uh, but that's something that you might want to consider with uh, duplex. Now, triplex, so three units, quadplex or fourplex, four units and up. At that point in the game, you are... When you're, when you're considering the resale factor or what I like to call exit strategies, at that point, the person that you would really be marketing to are going to be investors, okay? Now, especially in a seller's market here in Texas, guys, these investors are fiending for properties, okay? Um, and I would, say, I would say the demand is pretty consistent. Um, even in, even in a down market, now the biggest thing is price. You know, what are the prices doing in the area? But just note that if you're considering something that is more than two units, then the pool of eligible buyers, um, if you go to resell that property, is a lot smaller. So uh, I don't think it's anything to fear, but I think if you go back to episode five where we talk about goal setting, you really want to keep your goals at the forefront of everything that you do as you get started in this process, okay? So if this investment is just for a short term, let's say, you know, two to five years, then you've got to take that into consideration with the type of property that you're buying, okay? And then let's go up to five or more units, Um I used to manage a property in Irving, actually, and that's in the Dallas-Fort Worth market, and it was a total of 20 doors, but it was 10 individual duplexes, and the weird thing is, these were built in the 80s, it was one legal description, one plat, so it's not like this owner could have sold any of the properties individually without re um, or subdividing it. Um, so in that case, the pool of people that would qualify or be eligible to buy all 20 doors is a lot smaller. So um, just something to consider. You also have the smaller uh, apartment complexes, which believe it or not, guys, here in Texas, there are some still some affordable apartment complexes. So um, at one point, we managed a property in Dallas that was 21 units cute little apartment complex in Plano. Um, and we, at one point, were managing a property in Houston. Gosh, I don't remember how many units what it was, but I think it was at least 10 units, 12 units. Um, and I say we used to because I restructured our entire property management company uh, back in 2019. And so um, in that restructuring, we got rid of some of the properties that we manage. So that's why I say we used to. Um, but we are a full service management company as well. That's part of the component of King Realty. And we do manage properties in the Houston and the Dallas markets, small multifamily, single family, condos, townhomes, you name it. So um, 
shameless plug, well, not so shameless plug, uh, we can be a resource for you in that respect. So this is just kind of one of many conversations that we'll have. Um, like I said, we're really, I'm really trying to rebuild on the foundation of my story and really share my experience and my knowledge and my expertise guys, because, um, I don't know if I said it on this podcast or if it was on somewhere on social media, make sure you follow us. The, all of our handles are tagged in the show notes, but, um, as of February of 2020, this marks 10 years in business in Texas for me individually, not my dad, um, or my family. (laughs) So in the last 10 years, I've really been able to gather all of this knowledge, all of this experience, help so many investors, um, like yourself in the name of Jesus, you're going to be an investor, (laughs) really achieve their cash flow goals. And, and I've, I've helped these investors that are local. I've helped investors that are overseas that really like put their trust in me. I had, I have one client who lives in Brazil, Brazil, a dear friend of mine. Um, and he, you know, started off with one property. And at one point we got it to 13 properties and over half of them he had never seen, but he trusted me. And I, um, guided him in selecting the right properties, sent him videos. So he knew exactly what he was buying, coordinated inspections and all of this good stuff. And his portfolio consists of, um, single family homes and townhomes. And, um, and so that's a whole nother conversation that we are definitely going to have later about diversification within your portfolio. But I know that this really can be a lot. So I'm trying to bring it all the way down for y'all. Um, if I want to hear your thoughts on this, do as a result of these, you know, let's see, this is episode eight as a result of these eight podcast episodes and the book millennial versus machine how are you guys feeling about this? Like chime in. I want to know is, is what I'm putting out there making the idea of investing in real estate a little bit more manageable, um, a little less scary, right? Definitely, um, comment. Um, you can go to Instagram at millennial VS machine, um, which also has access to our Facebook group and all of that. Um, DM me, tag me, like I would love to get your thoughts thus far because we're like a month and a half into, um, this whole journey of raging against the machine. Um, so definitely make sure you hit me up. You can also provide feedback by going to our website, which is courtneymking.com slash podcast. And there's a form that you can fill out to give, um, feedback and ask questions. I definitely want to start a segment where I'm starting to answer your guys's questions. So definitely send them. I'm an open book guys. Like I love this stuff. Like I can literally talk about this all day, every day. Last but not least, if you haven't rated the podcast, I would really appreciate it. Um, ratings help other people find the podcast other people that may not know that we're out here. So I really um, appreciate it and I really want to continue to be a resource for you guys. So um, make sure you hit me up on social media. 
I will be back again next week for another episode. Um, and thank you for bearing with me because I, um, mentioned this on social media. I actually lost my voice last weekend. (laughs) So, um, it's, it's about 90% back, but I'm a little bit straggly a little bit. And, uh, I'll be back with more enthusiasm next week, but, um, hope you have a great rest of the week and, uh, I can't wait to talk to you next week. Take care. Well, thanks so much for tuning in to today's episode. If you want to continue the conversation, be sure to visit CourtneyMKing.com slash community. And oh, by the way, please subscribe, share, rate, and review this podcast. I would greatly appreciate it. And so would your peeps who are looking to get out of student loan debt. Until next time.